0: This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. and welcome to the GPL Podcast. We're here for episode number 97, getting closer to 100 every week. And, uh, well, it's the week uh, that a lot of people have been waiting for, guys. It's uh, North Dakota Fighting Hawks coming to town. But uh, before we get to that, obviously uh, we had some games out in the East Coast this past weekend, Viggs. And uh, it wasn't pretty, especially Friday night, getting down 3-0. They came back to tie. And then winning overtime, same thing happened Saturday night, down two nothing. Except they couldn't quite pull out the win this week or against uh, Saint Lawrence. But uh, uh, kind of a strange weekend.
1: to get it done both nights so credit to them for that uh, for answering the bell and not packing it in
0: hammy did you get a chance to see the games this past weekend
2: yeah i didn't watch the entire games uh i did get catch some of it i it's kind of funny it was almost like a reversal of the prior week where you know you're getting up and then you blow the leads and it, you know and this week this last weekend it was uh the opposite you get that early or you get the behind early and you kind of have to rally and uh, I was impressed at their, you know, their willingness to battle it out for sixty minutes. It kind of shows that maybe they learned a little bit of a lesson from uh, some of the mistakes they made the prior week.
0: Yeah, I must say, after that horrible first period uh, <laughs> Friday night, it, it was it was <laughs> it was like clockwork. People are already going fire Lucia, fire Lucia. I'm like, oh my gosh, people. And uh, you know, even people were tweeting, "Shut down GPL. It could be over." I'm like, it's one period, folks. But the thing is, they they were awful. They were awful that first period. No effort, uh, no jumping in anything. And, uh, you know, the second period, they finally got it together, get an early tying goal in the third, and then uh, a nice play to win it in overtime, Vig. So uh, obviously the first period was bad, but the rest of the game was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean they didn't get outshot in the first period. I think it was even for shots. The problem was they just made a couple really glaring turnovers and, and gave Clarkson three, you know, scoring chances where uh, Shearhorn didn't have much of an opportunity to make a save. Now they were all chances where is moving the puck across the ice or a, a quick turnover, or a failed clear, you know, situations where the team could have bailed them out and they didn't. So that was that was difficult to see. Um, you know, Lucia went back to the lines that he had had the week before going against St. Cloud. He had tried to, you know, shuffle things up, and you know, he just wanted long, to get them. It? <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out, and he just went to something where, you know, people could find some consistency, and I think one of the things you saw is once they did that, you know, they started playing more as a team. They started anticipating guys jumping into space, um, guys doubling up on pucks, guys getting in the forecheck check and supporting each other. Because in that first period, you'd see one guy on his own page, you know, doing what he wanted to do, and his linemates weren't picking up on it, and it cost him big time.
0: Hey, I mean, what are your thoughts on the actual comeback, though? I mean, that's got to be something positive, isn't it? Friday night, well, I, I, mean, I think
2: you, Yeah, I mean, I think any time you get behind and, you know, and face some adversity, and then you come back and, get somewhat of a positive result or an actual win I mean it's something that you can build on moving forward if you ever face those circumstances again and of course we know they will um so it, I think that's certainly something for them to build on and I think the other thing that people need to realize that it you know it's a it's a long season we're not going to be great every weekend um they have to build little by little um obviously we've had years where we were great the first half and then we kind of faltered in the second half and uh, you know so i think that people just need to kind of keep everything in perspective week in and week out uh, um even with this coming weekend i mean we don't know what's going to happen but I, I see people that i've seen comments on gpl with some people where they're like gonna judge where this team is you know how good this team is based on one weekend or a couple weekends and it's like you know it's a long year um and you, you can't just take a little snapshot and think like that's exactly how it's going to be back you know in march or april
0: well, we move on to the game against St. Lawrence. And uh, this game, I think they played pretty good. Um, they, couldn't get, they couldn't get anything past their goaltender. Uh, but I, I also think they didn't really have a lot of chances, Vigo. I mean, they, they played well. They had a lot of chances along the outside. But really, I don't think they challenged that goalie as much as they could have. But, uh, but then in the second hand, uh, you know, their goalie was great at directing pucks off to the side and preventing second chances.
1: Well, I think one of the problems in the St. Lawrence game is they were they were so much on one side of the ice. Every time they tried to shoot the puck, mm-hmm. they didn't really get the puck moving laterally. They didn't really get a lot of one timers, you know, through traffic that would surprise the goalie. And you know, he performed. You know, he didn't spill any pucks. He he played up to his capabilities. Um, so I think that kind of put him behind a little bit going into that third period because they were just trying to generate whatever they could rather than create any quality. And then once you saw them create some quality chances in the third period, you know, they got a couple goals there.
0: When's the last time you remember a, boy, (laughs) two goals with an extra man, with a goalie not in the goal? I mean, that doesn't happen very often. No, that's pretty rare.
1: I think it's, it's happened where they've had the opportunity to do it, but I can't remember them getting two with an extra attacker in the last two minutes. You know, you saw Lucia pull his goalie a little bit earlier than usual in that game. And that created the chance, you know, they had been putting pucks deep most of the game. And I know that St. Lawrence is rolling three lines and they played their all American defenseman quite a bit that game. So I think fatigue started to play in. You saw, if you play that kind of style of game, it can pay off at the end.
0: Well, hammy, uh, it definitely did. I mean, uh, I don't recall having two extra attacker goals, at least for the Gophers, at least not in a long time, not in recent memory. Um, uh, Boy, what are your thoughts? I mean,
2: dude. yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, it's a Dean Blaze uh, <laughs> or Patrick Roy, you know, kind of situation where they're like pulling a goalie with three, four minutes left in the game or something. I I don't remember the Gophers getting, um, you, you know, know extra the that they double. get one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, it's it doesn't happen very often, and I can't personally remember from a Gopher perspective the last time it's happened. I guess that would be something for the. Uh, Statistics gurus out there that like to research that kind of stuff to figure that one out, but I certainly have not. I don't remember in all the years I've followed Go for Hockey. I don't remember that happening.
0: I uh, I couldn't either. I mean, it, it, was, it was. I mean, you're sitting there. It's two nothing. It's getting down. You know, they pulled the goal. Oh, you think they might get one? But uh, obviously, uh, Brish was a no. It was a who scored the tying goal? You know, it was originally given to Brish <laughs> Or not the tying goal. The first goal, it was not Bristad. It was from the point. Was it? Uh, uh, Sadik. Sadik, yeah. Uh, they they gave it to Bristad. Then they took it back and gave it to Sadik. And then Bristad scored to tie it no, up. You're getting your games mixed you're, up. You're, yeah, it was yeah, yeah, Easy on the gin. Oh, I'm not on the gin. I wish I was. It is your birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's what it right, is. That's right. You know, I just, I, I'm thinking, yeah, that's right. Bristad was the, I think I need a drink. No, as, I think that's the problem. Yes, yeah, Matula scored. They had him. I think he, they credited <laughs> Matula him. Matula was goals. given credit for both of them. That's who I'm thinking. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Given and then they changed both. it to Sadek, so. correct. Correct. Yep. I'm uh, just I, on drugs. Just it's it's okay. I wish I was on drugs. It'd make this day go by much better. Oh boy. Yeah. What can you do? What can you do? But you know, they haven't been out to the East Coast in a while. You, you know, a win and a tie. It's good for towards the end of the season that uh, you know they didn't get a loss there. Um, they're going back there at the end of the month to play Northeastern and Boston College. Um, a lot of traveling this year, Vikes.
1: Yeah, it kind of worked out well with uh, travel situations they had. That they had all these road trips this year. You know, this weekend will be just their second, third home games of the season, and we're we're into it pretty good here. So um, it's the price they paid to, to get those teams on the on the calendar because. You know, Minnesota typically doesn't want to buy just two home games. They want to play quality teams. And so these teams want the Gophers to come to their buildings too, and that's what happens. So I think it's kind of good for these guys to get these early road trips and get that adversity early.
0: Nate uh, Wells is trying to tell us that it was Wisconsin's past season, but then he's like, oh, the second goal didn't count. Yeah, well, the second goal didn't count, Nate, so there was not two extra goals. So, ha. And thank you for the birthday wishes, Nate. What are you, like, still like 22 or something? He's such a youngster.
1: But he's had gray hair since 18,
0: so. (laughs) I'm really hoping Hammy can still hear us right now because apparently he's having audio problems. Can you hear us, Hammy?
2: Yeah, I think I'm having some interweb problems, so I dropped for a second.
0: (laughs) Well, hopefully it gets a little better for you. Or else I'll just keep calling on you and it'll seem like you just not know a thing that's going on here. Who knows? Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to keep this podcast fairly short tonight because obviously a lot of people want to go watch the rest of the World Series and watch the Cubbies maybe win it. So uh, (laughs) let's get to our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey from the pros to the minors to the collegiate teams to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPLPODCAST, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. right, boys, well, North Dakota is making their first trip back to Mariucci since uh, the last year of the WCHA. Boy, that's, that's... That's the 2012. Wait, not 2012. Yeah, 2012, 2013. Z's, isn't it? I believe so.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Otherwise,
0: they've just faced them in the playoffs. A
1: couple of memorable yeah, games there.
0: Definitely, definitely them there. But it's been a while. and It's been another whole full year since they've been to uh, since they've been to the Ralph up in uh, up in Grand Forks back in uh, 2012, like January 2012. So it's going to be almost a full, you know five or six years to get back up there again but uh you know i know you're not as excited about this as as, as many others hammy but uh the fans still are excited well yeah i mean i i i'm glad for the, the people that have been kind
2: of pining to have that series <laughs> start up again um you know I, I guess for me i the only reason i don't look at it the same way is it just it doesn't have the same meaning i mean Um, there's not the league titles at stake. There's not league points at stake. Um, you know, I'm sure that things will get heated quickly or, you know, and I'm sure that some of that bad blood will kind of start off pretty quickly, even if the players haven't really faced each other that much. Um, but it just, you know, because of the time and because of the lack of um, connection over these last handful of seasons is just like yeah, for me it's just another series it's like St. Cloud or some of these other teams where it's like they're close and yeah you won they won the games but it just doesn't seem to have that same meaning for me
0: you know so, I was, I was yeah. actually I was actually talking with the SID from uh, St. Cloud a couple of weeks ago and and he kind of felt the same way He's like the, you know they like playing Minnesota and all but it just doesn't seem to have that same gravitas that it did when we were all in WCHA. Um, and, you know, it's going to be the same with North Dakota. I mean, sure, it's nice that they're coming to town. I'm sure they're still thugs like they always were, but yeah. But you're right. It's just not as much meaning because uh, it's non-conference. It's, it's, there's no points on the line. It's, it's just it's just not the same, is it, Vigo?
1: Well, it's funny. We were talking about the 30 for 30 on uh, I Hate Christian Leitner before we got <laughs> started here, and – it's because you see somebody again and again that you yep. get that adversity. You get that hatred between a couple programs. Um, I do think the North Dakota rivalry is unique in that a lot of these players that committed to both of these programs grew up kind of hating the other program. And, and just because they haven't played, you know, I think there's still a lot of meaning uh, Justin Kloos today at uh, Availability had part of the court of the day, as uh, <laughs> Nate Wells agreed. It's like he, When he grew up, he probably played a million knee hockey games, and he was always a gopher, and his buddies were the fighting who.
0: <laughs> fighting. Did he really say <laughs> the fighting who? He-
1: he said the Sioux. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I usually try to avoid that one. But it was yeah. funny, and he corrected himself as, oh, you know, I guess it's the Fighty Hawks. But, you know, you talk to Connor Riley, and he grew up wanting to play in this game. Um, Jack Ramsey, you know, his dad played against North Dakota. You know, he has a lot of, you know, interest in this game. Um, so it's a big series for these guys. Jake Bischoff, you know, he's got some family ties in this game. And all these guys are excited to play this weekend. You know, they don't have the history with their opponents, but they definitely feel it, and they're excited to be playing.
0: Well, you know, obviously it's been a while since we've played them, but uh, Hammy, I know you're not as excited because of the same reasons that, you know, a lot of people aren't excited, but they are still one of the best teams in the country, and um, something to learn and something to grow upon by playing teams like this. Well,
2: definitely. I mean, uh, I do think that people need to put it a little bit in perspective. This year's North Dakota team is not last year's North Dakota team. I think uh, um, I see comments here or there that I think, to a degree, kind of overstate this year's North Dakota team. I think there's a lot more new blood there, a lot less um, proven players. And, I mean, they still have some real high-end guys, don't get me wrong. And you have to respect them, of course, but I think that some fans, uh, no names need to be mentioned, but they they get a little bit too far ahead of themselves when it comes to giving credit, and every year's a new year, every team's a, you know got its hills to climb, and North Dakota's going to be no different. I mean, they they have they won last year, and you have to give them props for it, but last year was last year, so I think that people need to kind of keep that part in, in perspective.
0: And they did lose quite a few players off that team. I mean, obviously they had some senior leadership, and obviously a lot of guys left early, so Uh, You are right, and they probably learned this past weekend by getting swept up in Duluth that maybe they are not quite all of what they thought they are. Yeah, well,
2: I don't know what they think they are. I mean, as a team, (laughs) as as in the locker room, I'm sure that I I would suspect that they probably have pretty level heads, but nonetheless, um, I think from outside of that perspective, you hear a lot of people, whether they're North Dakota fans or whether they're fans of other teams just looking – um you know at the big picture of the, the entire season and they kind of state things a little bit too quickly or go too far based on past results versus what's going on with the current team
0: and Vigs, you know uh you know they're obviously a good team they might not as be as good as last year but we do know one thing they're not going to be happy after getting swept in Duluth for the first time in a long time this past weekend
1: no, I think they kind of had an easy road in their first couple games of the season, and you know, play a team like all. Duluth.: Yeah, you play a team like Duluth who's got great transition, um, a lot of talent up front for scoring, and um, turns out they have a pretty decent goaltender in that. Um, and you know that's a team that's going to expose you, and I think that's what happened to uh, North Dakota last weekend. The, the big thing with this year's North Dakota team is their defensemen aren't very experienced. Um, they've got a lot of young guys there, um, so I think that's something that Minnesota needs to take advantage of this weekend. Uh, it's going to be somewhat boring hockey for some fans, but I think over the two nights, if they get pucks behind their D and get pressure and get the forecheck going, you know that's going to pay off throughout the series.
0: Well, there's kind of been a running joke uh, ever since the old WCHA when uh, they created posters that had the North Dakota State listed on it, and uh, it's come back a few times on national networks and whatever, and unfortunately for North Dakota, it came up again this week. For anyone with Comcast, it's showing that the Gophers will be playing the North Dakota State Bison this weekend. Uh, Vigo, (laughs) this just never seems to go away. I don't see how somebody could mess this up so many times. I don't know if somebody's doing this on purpose, but it seems to come up every year. Somebody puts a Bison logo. In place of North Dakota or whatever it may be, and I—it's it, getting to be ridiculous, but it's you know it's still funny all the same.
1: I'll take it. It's
0: an easy <laughs> joke.
1: <laughs> Clearly, I think that the cable company must have a, a Minneapolis person setting that up. Direct TV got it right. So, yeah, um, I didn't even have a
0: logo on mine. It was—it was literally just a generic hockey thing. But uh, it definitely
1: does speak to uh, North Dakota not being on everyone's radar nationally. You know, this is their their big deal. They have a, yeah. a hockey team. That's where they put all their resources in. There's a reason why they can sell 11,000 tickets a game for these guys. It's the only show in town, and it's their premier sport. So, you know, and, and we seen, they're, we've they're seen pretty small ESPN fish.
0: do it too. ESPN's done it in the past by accident, and uh, it's kind of a running joke, but Hammy, it's uh, well, getting to be funny. I'm liking it. Well,. Uh, well, I mean, you got to be,
2: let's be honest. I mean, we all know hockey is not yeah, some nationwide sport and whatever. And as much as North Dakota fans probably don't like to hear it, it's like from a national perspective, nobody really cares about <laughs> North Dakota hockey, and they actually do care more about football. And so, North Dakota State, with all of its success in recent years, is naturally going to be gaining. You know from a national perspective more of that brand recognition and name and i you know so i can see to some degree why there would be that kind of mistake now from a national you know like an espn i could see the mistake i don't know why that would happen from a local perspective that's kind of a big boo-boo because this is a <laughs> hockey area and people do know who north dakota is in hockey in this area so um yeah that, that's it's interesting i remember the poster right didn't they have a was well, there the, the, a final the, five poster? Or the final poster? five
0: poster said North Dakota State. I don't believe it had a logo or anything like that. I, I don't oh, quite remember, okay. but I do know it said North Dakota State, and that's kind of where it all started. Uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That, that, was, a, yeah. that was a. That was a. That was a, ten years ago, maybe, wasn't it?
2: But then they did. They have what were the colors on that? Were they still North Dakota State colors?
0: though? Oh, boy, I, my memory is failing me. I'm not sure.
1: That's we got to get Russ either. Miller to. Uh, get a photo of it and put it on Twitter. Cause I know he, he brought it up today.
0: <laughs> and then, like you said, it's just kind of happened once every couple of years, like ESPN or, or like just recently, uh, boy, it's just, uh, it's just the ongoing joke that just keeps on giving it. And especially with their obvious identity crisis, the last few years, you know, they had to drop Sue and they had no name. And now they're the fighting Hawks, which I'm, you know, they just love. um, so it's just, it's just this gift that keeps on giving, and I love it. Have they finally shelved the whole – I mean, I don't pay attention to that crap anymore, but
2: it was like so old every year was the, the nickname, the nickname, the nickname. Have, have they finally given up on that? I mean, is that finally dead and buried,
0: please? Um, we think so.
2: But or is uh... there some random idiot – you know fan- old school well, fans
0: there's that always are still like that there's always going to be that I mean I, that's just the way it is, I think I'm
1: pretty sure Grand Forks Herald got a letter of the editor from a parent you know who was never part of that tradition. They'd always been a fighting hawker just North Dakota saying how it's too bad that they can't share that, and of course, we'll never see the Fighting Hawk logo on a hockey uniform ever, so I don't think so, no, I think they stick to the the u n d Logo in North Dakota, while we're still around.
3: I I
0: I think eventually they'll have to. I
1: I, I don't think so. They I, they they tie so much of their hockey history to that thing yeah. that it's hard to imagine them embracing something new.
0: I I don't know. I I just think that eventually they'll have to do something just for maybe just for marketing to sell jerseys. I'm yeah, thinking, who knows? I think you give it give it five ten years. I think well, they still a sell bit the.
1: They still sell the old logo jersey in their bookstore every couple of years or something like that because they have to keep the trademark,
0: yes. supposedly. Yeah, it's 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 the gift that keeps on giving. They're never going to give it up. So what can you do? Well, to the actual games, what do we think is going to happen this weekend? We got this uh, that Besser kid who plays for North Dakota, who uh, obviously decided to leave Wisconsin. His commitment to Wisconsin was up to Minnesota and north dakota and he's gone to uh, obviously north dakota and uh boy hammy this this besser kid is the real deal
2: yeah i mean he's always been a great goal scorer um certainly kind of a rugged kid you know in terms of the way he plays he's certainly going to be i think a pretty good pro player um especially if he continues on the path that he is for development so uh, you know i think they're pretty top heavy with that top line uh so i think that if the gophers you know having the last change it should be kind of a hopefully they'll be able to kind of match things up to their advantage um i like the gophers depth in terms of scoring um so i feel pretty good about that in this series but certainly from a top end perspective a top line i mean they're going to have that advantage uh especially with a guy like Besser on the,
0: on the line who else should we be looking at vegas from north dakota
1: Well, I think you're going to look at um, Gersh um, and Poganski and Yost as other guys to watch. Um, Osmus on their um, blue line is kind of their returning guy there. And uh, Lannan, he's another good defenseman for them. But I do think it's their depth that's concerning. I know that uh, Barry split up um, the Yost-Besser combination um, against Duluth at times. Uh, I know that their power play is pretty reliant on Besser. Uh, everything runs through him. So I think if Minnesota can really focus on, you know, actually checking a line this weekend, that could be um, a a good uh, strategy for them, at least match up a D pair against Besser. Um, Because I think one of the issues with Minnesota last weekend is their their freshman D did get hemmed in their zone a couple times. Um, We saw um, uh, Lindgren get hemmed in a little bit too much, a little struggle at times. So I think they're going to need to protect those guys at Mariucci and having last change, they'll be able to do that.
0: Are we going to see fire wagon hockey this weekend? Cause I, that's the games I've always loved between, you know, Minnesota and North Dakota. The tempo was always good. It was back and forth hockey, great hits, checking close hockey. Are we going to see that this weekend? Hammy? <laughs> that's, I
2: guess that's uh, the million dollar question. I, I um, I don't know. I mean it, you know with when you have it early in the season, everybody's trying to still trying to get their bearings on what they have uh, mm-hmm. it can be a little bit difficult to judge. I think that um you know, I don't know that the golfers really wanna get you know I'm not saying it because of who they're playing, but I just think right now I think that they'd be wiser to kind of button up things on the defensive end and and try to play a little bit more intelligently with respect to that part of the game as opposed to just being wide open and kind of leaving yourself, um, you know, kind of ha- with the odd man rushes, having that risk. And so I just think that uh, personally I would like to see them kind of just play a solid all-around game and not get too heavily focused on uh, the offensive end of things because I just think that that's where they get into the trouble at times.
0: What do you think, Viggs? Fire wagon hockey?
1: I don't know if it'll turn into fire wagon <laughs> hockey with odd man rushes being traded both ways, although I, from what I can tell, that's happened in North Dakota in a couple of these games already this year. Um, but I think you're going to see a physical game. I think you're going to see aggressive forechecks from both teams. I think you're going to see a lot of finished checks. I think it's going to kind of remind people of a, a USA-Canada World Junior team game where you know they're trying to establish their presence right away in the first period. And I think everybody's itching to, to get that. Uh, one thing about playing on the Olympic ice is you can't really sit back too much when you have two teams like this with this much skill. Um, it's hard to do anything in the neutral zone if you sit back because ice is so wide.
0: Carrie ring on uh, Twitter wants to know who's more excited or who's more looking forward to this series, the teams or the fans? Hammy. I think it's the ha- the fans. Yeah, I think, honestly, I
2: mean, I'm not saying that the players don't care, especially the ones that are from Minnesota on both teams. Um, and you know, I'm sure that they're getting plenty of the speeches and hype about what the rivalry means and all that kind of stuff this week, whether it's from the coaches or ex-players or hearing it from classmates or whatever, so I'm not saying that the players don't care but i think it's probably more you know the fact that they from a fan perspective i mean we're the one consistent over the course of the years <laughs> uh
0: that's true you
2: know fans on fans on their side fans on our side i mean that's the one consistent uh coaches come and go and so do players and the fans are the ones that are always there on
0: both sides so that to me it's definitely going to be uh, more of a more important from a fan perspective and only Riley, Cluse, uh, Leteria, and Camerata have played Vig. So those are the only guys who even know what it's like to pay against North Dakota.
1: Yeah, and those guys didn't play big roles they didn't. back when, they, when no. they started with this program. So, you know, it's a chance for them to, to take stage and try to make an impact. I know Cluse talked about that, and uh, Lucia talked about that. He said, you know, there's a couple times we've played North Dakota where some of the little guys, you kind of have to throw them back out on the ice and pull them out mm-hmm. from under the bench. <laughs> and uh, Kloos admitted he was a little intimidated back back then when he was a freshman. So, you know, this is a chance for these guys to make their mark in this rivalry. It's going to be going on for at least the next seven years. Um, so it's going to be something for the players and the fans to build on. And with the West Regional at Fargo this year, you know, it's, it's a team you might see at the end of the season as well.
0: Indeed we might. So what do you think happens this weekend, Hammy? I think this thing's got split kind of written all over it. Yeah, that's kind of what the way that I feel about it too. I mean,
2: I think that um, you know early in the season, I think that the Gophers certainly will be up and and be successful for one of the nights. I'm sure that North Dakota will, you know, certainly if it's a Gopher win on Friday, they'll certainly rebound with their effort. I, I just feel like it's going to be a split. I think that. Um, there's been enough mistakes and there's still enough um, things that need to be cleaned up that it's hard for me to imagine the Gophers uh, sweeping this series. But, you know, I, it wouldn't shock. No result really would shock me this weekend, especially we've talked about a million times in the past that um, usually like with Wisconsin, for instance, is that it doesn't matter how crappy one of the teams is or whatever in any given year. It's like it seems like those rivalry series, you can kind of throw the records out and uh, you never know what's going to happen. So I, nothing would surprise me, but I would suspect a split is most likely.
0: In the last 10 games with North Dakota, Viggs, uh, Minnesota is 6-3-1. and So they've done fairly good against the uh, Fighting Who. But uh, what happens this weekend?
1: I really think that we're going to see a win and a tie for Minnesota. Okay. I think this team is playing the right way right now. They've learned a couple lessons Know, they've gotten up to speed, I think, faster than North Dakota has with their team and their, and their season. I think we've seen in the past a lot of times North Dakota teams start out slow, and by the end of the season they kind of get going full speed because it takes a lot of learning on their side to, to figure out how to play as aggressive as they do without giving up all the chances to their opponents. And I think Minnesota is a veteran group. They have a lot of guys coming back who've, who've been in a lot of tight games the last two and a half years. And uh, I think their special teams are improving. Uh, I think the penalty kill is a huge key for Minnesota this weekend. You know, they've had so many games where their forwards are getting trapped on the wall and giving up the middle of the ice. I think this weekend it's going to be really key for them to take that away and keep Besser isolated on the wall. Uh, we'll see if they can do that because Besser does have the ability to, to win a game or tie a game by himself.
0: Is Jupon. Sorry, I muted it again. I always I knew he's on mute. I knew
1: yeah, I could feel it. I yeah, it. I know. Could, yeah,
0: because yeah, you hear nothing. Well, what I was trying to say before I was not being heard uh, Viggs, uh media day today, you sent me quite a bit of audio. A lot to be said, huh? Yeah, you know, the
1: players were talkative. They had, a, they had a good weekend. And uh, so you've got Connor O'Reilly talking about the rivalry, um, how the series is one of his favorites from growing up and how he thinks the intensity is there. Um, Bischoff um, talks a little bit about the rivalry as well and how physical he thinks it's going to be. Klus is another one of the guys who kind of talks about the intensity and and dreaming to play this series. Uh, Lucia gives some of his favorite memories, including uh, the jersey pullover, um, some bad blood in the handshake line, things like that. (laughs) Um, He he rallied off like five or six great memories. Um, And then. we got some bonus uh, Jack Ramsey at the end where I got him one-on-one for a little bit.
0: Oh, okay. That's great. And we always put that audio at the end of the podcast if you're listening. So uh, make sure you stay tuned after the podcast. Um, that Ballard jersey pull, uh, we may see that this weekend. There may be some video. I'm not sure if it's going to be at Mariucci or on TV or something like that. But uh, uh, that is one of my all-time favorites. Ballard pulls a jersey over his head. And I think Shepard goes right through the video. I mean, he goes Right by ignoring it, and what ten fifteen seconds later, Ballard's the one scoring the game-winning goal to uh, end North Dakota's season. Uh, one of my favorites of all time, obviously. So, if you're who having... did he pull? do? You remember who who did he pull the, the uh, I, uniform I, over? Do you I, remember? I, I don't know. You I know, mean, I made that. And the anim...
1: resolution's not great on that either. Well,
0: well, the animated GIF I made, literally in <laughs> I literally made it in two thousand two, and back then. A lot of people were still on dial up. So I needed to keep it really small. (coughs) Keep it really small and not, you know, large file size. So that's why it's always been terrible.
1: So we'll probably see a better resolution one on Friday night, is what you're saying. Excuse me? We'll probably see a better resolution
0: video. I I believe so. I think they're trying to get the original Fox uh, video from that. uh. Hopefully they show the whole sequence because you know obviously I just did the Jersey pull because that's the funny part. But obviously the whole sequence uh, uh, Ballard uh, pretty much just ended their season on his own. So it was, uh, it was it was one one of my favorite moments. Obviously there's tons of others you know from from both sides. I mean it's just it's, it's a great series and and like you said Hammy I mean, it's you know it's tough that there's no points in the line. But maybe over these next few years they start to build up that rivalry again.
1: Could be.
2: I mean, you never know. I I know we'll see them, you know, more regularly in that sense. But uh, I think it's gonna be tough to kind of top the old days where there's actually a little bit more than just you know some bragging rights on the line where you, there was positioning and league titles and you know some of that kind of stuff. When there's hardware on the line, it just seems to add to the the overall rivalry. So I I don't have those kinds of expectations, but um, certainly I think it'll hope you know the familiarity will. We'll kind of get things going again.
1: I do think there's pairwise considerations here. This is a chance for Minnesota.
0: And honestly, that's probably the most important thing. It it just will be true. Well, uh, we'll just have to see, guys. We'll just have to see. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, there's no games next weekend, so uh, we'll be taking the week off. We'll come back and recap, you know, this series and whatnot uh, in a few weeks. Uh, remember, you can always follow Hammy on Twitter, at HammyHockey. You can follow Vigo on Twitter, at Evigo. Um, but we'll be back in a couple weeks, and we'll recap this game with the Fighting Hawks and uh, preview this series with you. Minnesota State. Until then, thanks for listening.
1: You've been through this series a lot with North Dakota. Mm-hmm. A lot of your players haven't. How do you prepare them for this weekend? Well,
3: I, I think the most important thing is that your preparation shouldn't change no matter who you're playing. Um, you know, if you, you have Monday through Thursday to get ready. You know, I, I don't think you amp up anymore for one series versus another, other than, you know, continue to work on the areas of your game you have to get better at. We, we, you know, we know, I mean, you don't have to really put in a, a video of, of North Dakota, you know, how they're going to play. They're going to play through you, they're going to play with pace. Um, they're going to be strong on the puck, they're skilled, um, you know, they're defending national champions. So, you know, it's exciting to get them back on our schedule, and uh, we're look- looking forward to the series.
4: With the three-year break in between, would you expect this is going to pick up right where it left off in terms of the You know, that's a,
3: that's a great question. Uh, we have played them, I think, two out of the three years in the NCAA tournament, um, obviously big games, um, but, you know, normally... You know the, that part of it. The more you play somebody, you know, all of a sudden you're playing somebody four or five times in a season versus once every couple of years. You know, so that's always the interesting uh, part of it. Ah, you know how that how that the game is played. Um, you know, you, when you're playing for points, it's obviously big. You know, so now all of a sudden you you play non-conferences that have a different feel because of that. You know, I, I doubt that it will. I, I think with uh, you know the coaches certainly having played in the series and. You know, over time, and and uh, you know, our seniors have played each other, you know, in that national semifinal. So I, I think they have a pretty good understanding of what, what the weekend's all about. Obviously, when you look at the price of the ticket, and the, you know that I mean, they, they've got a, a great North Dakota following, and there'll be a lot of I'm sure North Dakota fans in here too with the alumni base in the Twin Cities. So it'll be a fun atmosphere um, for everybody involved.
5: Rivalries come and rivalries go, and obviously this one has been played for a few years. Why do you think the anticipation is still there, just by not playing?
3: Um, I, I just think because of uh, uh, the, the the big games we've played over the years. I mean, even with the three-year break, I mean, look when we played. And we played in a, uh, a game to get to the Frozen Four, and we played in a game to get to the National Championship. So when you continue to play important games, I think the other thing that's fun with the rivalry is it's been – you know pretty evenly played over the years i mean some some team might wrestle away for a couple of years and then it gets wrestled back, but you know over time you know it 's pretty pretty even and I think that 's what makes for a fan standpoint i 've always said when you go to a game as a fan and you really don 't know who 's going to win and you 've got that little nervousness in the pit of your stomach uh, like players and coaches I, I think that 's a good thing and then obviously, in this day and age, they can go trumpet on the internet and you know we 're better than you and or vice versa and you know the fans have more fun with it as well so I think that that's a part that will continue.
6: How are you going to keep the team's emotions in check and just keep it business as usual? please? Well
3: I I talked about the preparation I I think that's the most important thing you want to make sure that you prepare uh, Monday through Thursday now you know the coaches may be a little bit more amped up and um, you know more detail oriented this week than the normal but I think that has as much to do with you know the team you're playing uh, as anything else and uh, and, and we know they're a good team and they won't like talk to the defending national champions and we have to be at our best and we have to keep improving
5: coach your penalty kill on 9 of 10 last weekend uh, last season with it going through some struggles do you feel like it's getting back on track where you'd like it to
3: be yeah i think it's you know what uh, and mike's done a really good job uh, you know he he really takes pride in it and i know it was frustrating for him and i think without question we've worked on it more this year than we ever have before because it's such an important element. And. You know, we've limit, done a pretty good job of eliminating scoring chances. We haven't given up many. We have a few short headed goals. Um, and so w- we like the direction that, he's go- that it's going right now. The guys did a really good job last week, and the only goal we gave up was off the rush um, last weekend uh, at Clarkson. So uh, we need to continue to do that. I mean, especially teams, we all know how important that is in you know, tightly contested games. When your penalty kill is really working, what clicks for them? I, I think that uh, they're moving as a group of four guys, you know, that they're good up the rank, but more than anything else, that the, the, they're anticipating where the play's gonna go next and their, their movement is good. They're jumping on loose pucks. Uh, and then you have to have your go and make a save. I mean, that's, he's the most important pen, penalty killer there is, and, you know, your goaltender's gonna have to make some big saves on the penalty kill and bail you out once in a while.
4: Roughly a month into the season, what are some of the other areas where you've seen the most improvement?
3: Well, you know what? <laughs> the last couple of weeks have been interesting. You know, we talked about it. See, we've been ahead by three and lost, been behind by three and one, been behind by two or and tied, been ahead by two and lost. So that's in a four-game segment. So our swings have been, you know, uh, pretty great uh, in the course of a game. I think we've played two good periods, maybe, but I can't say that we've played a real consistent six-period game or three-period game in the last couple of weeks. I do like the the fight that we showed last weekend, especially after the disappointment, giving them, giving a game away, especially at home, uh, and the fact that it, you know it's November. We've had one home game. You know, we we've been up to Alaska, we've been to New York, and we've been up to St. Cloud, so we've had to play five or six away from home. So um, we knew that with our schedule this year, we're going to get some home games back next year. But we knew, you know, when you only have four games through Thanksgiving, it's, it's not an easy start to the schedule. But I felt with our veteran team, you know, in a lot of areas that. They could handle it, and you know, so far they've done a pretty good job. But you know, I, I think there's I, I think there's another level we can get to. Don, this is the, the second week that all five D1 teams in Minnesota have shown up in the top 20. This was Herb Brooks' vision for mm-hmm. hockey in the state going back, going back 30 years. In what ways do having five strong, vibrant programs all in either renovated or fairly new buildings, benefit hockey in the state as a whole? Well, I, I think That's part of the benefit of splitting off into three leagues. I think that's helped allow that to happen, um, where teams can go find and and maybe be at the top of the league that they're in. Um, Obviously, if you know, you go back to the old WCHA, you're not going to have you know. All five teams are probably in the top five of, of a give, the given league, um, but I think that the commitment to the programs i have always said that uh, you know it doesn't matter if you're a Division One school or a Division Two school. What is the commitment that the administration has to this institution? And when you look at whether it's you know UMD's got a new facility, Bemidji's got a new facility, Macaledo just did a renovation, <coughs> Saint Cloud just did a, a big renovation to their facility. So the commitment is there. It is there. You know, it's their Big Ten sport on campus. Is is hockey, and uh, it's treated that way. Uh, there's obviously a lot of. I mean, people have their niche. Some some programs are a little bit more out of state than others. Some are up in Canada more than others. But it's like anything. You you find your niche and where you where you can recruit and, and and attract the best players you possibly can to your program. But uh, I think it's a good thing. I've said it from the beginning that uh, the stronger hockey is in our state, the better it is. Not only from the collegiate program, but you know all the way down through the youth hockey because they have something to look forward to. I mean, it, it is a different day and age where you know, now there's more regional support. Obviously, you know, we're a state institution, but, you know, in the St. Cloud area, they're rooting for St. Cloud. I mean, there's probably not a lot of gopher fans in Duluth you know, or the Bemidji area. Um, and that, uh, Or you get up in northwest Minnesota, there's a lot of North Dakota fans. So the legions are, are more split probably than they ever have before, but, you know, probably in the long run, that's good, good for all the programs. And for the kids growing up, they have a, a lot of opportunities. You know, the days of a JV program that had 50, you know, so 50 players in one school and 25 not even playing, um, that's over. And so those kids getting a chance to play at uh, a lot of different places, whether it's within our state or out of our state is a good thing. You know, having the NHL back uh, I think has been a, a, a good thing, and especially how uh, they've embraced college and youth hockey in our state. So I think we have the pyramid the way we want it. I mean, youth hockey through the NHL, and it's all strong.
5: I asked some of the players that's what their favorite memories of uh, North Dakota series growing up. Obviously, you've been a part of many of them. What are some of yours?
3: Oh boy, that's a good question. Uh, You know, uh, opening up the Ralph was is one. Um, uh, That's obviously a big memory. To you know, Keith Ballard pulling the jersey over a guy's head and you know going and proceeding to score in the second game in overtime. You know, uh, Justin Hall's goal, uh, Blake Wheeler's diving goal. um, You know some unpleasantries and handshake lines um (laughs) let's see what else I mean losing in overtime in a regional final on a wraparound Mm -hmm. goal so I mean you're on both sides I mean hey there's been games we've tattooed them and games we've tattooed them I mean going up and winning a couple back-to-back and you know Danny Ehrman come you know and Ryan Patoni going back up there to play um so there's a lot of memories you know some good and some kind of nightmarish you know I've always said you know you go up and play at the Ralph you know if you find out who, you, who the men are and uh, you know some games you got to look under the bench and pull a few guys out from under it and get them back into the fray um, and, and so but they're fun games obviously I think it, it's it's fun for the fans that uh, like I mentioned that uh, I think it's a week that they really look forward to and uh, it's good that they're back on our schedule and, and back on our schedule for, for the foreseeable future.
5: Everyone healthy this
3: week? Uh, yeah, right now everybody's healthy. Okay. Thanks,
1: Thanks. So one of the guys that's played in this series before, what do you tell your teammates to get ready for this week? Yeah, I mean,
7: you tell them it's one of the best rivalries in college hockey, if not the best, and there's so much history and tradition. It makes it so fun and exciting. I mean, fans on both sides are so passionate. It makes it for a very mem- memorable weekend. Did you, you guys do?
4: miss it oh, no. over the past few years, miss
7: playing these guys? Yeah, um... Uh, obviously this, every, every year you can play North Dakota it's obviously a, a week of year in a circle just because like I said there's history and tradition but um, it's great to have him back in our building for two games especially early in the season to um, get our fans into it and hopefully give them a good show.
5: What are your own memories from the rivalry growing up or uh, playing in the one yeah
7: you? this is definitely my favorite series watching growing up I, I mean, obviously all the fights and how hard everyone played sticks out there just seem to be such competitive games and um this is a series I grew up watching and really hoping to play in, and obviously this, that's why this weekend's gonna be so fun.
5: Were you here and did you watch uh, the one the year you redshirted? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. I
7: think we tied or one Friday night tied Saturday. That was a tough one to be out just because, uh, obviously, um, it's it's such a big weekend. I remember that weekend particularly. Everyone was so so excited, so happy, just with how hard we played and how everyone came together that weekend.
4: Aside from the rivalry, uh, what do you guys expect to see from them this weekend, and what can you learn about yourselves playing an opponent like this at this point in the season?
7: Yeah, we obviously know they're a very deep team. they got a lot of returning players off their um, title team, so um, we're going to expect a very, very hard-fought game from, from the get-go. It's going to be a full 60 minutes both nights, and it's going to take all 20 guys each night to hopefully have some, have some success.
1: Intensity in practice seems to be picking up. Mm-hmm. Are you guys trying to prepare for, for the puck battles and the wall battles and all the pressure that comes in a game like this?
7: Yeah, that's certainly been an emphasis. Not, um, starting last week, we started emphasizing wall play and down low and being stronger on pucks. And um, Coach Genzo and the coaches really set the tone Monday um, just with the intensity of practice and the, and the energy they brought. So I think we've had a great week of preparation so far, and we're going to continue that till Friday.
6: How is the team going to keep their emotions in check to keep, the, I guess, the the mindset sort of business as usual?
7: Yeah. Um, you just got to play your game, probably going to take take a couple punches. Um, there's no need to retaliate at certain points. We know it's going to be competitive. There's going to be enough front battles, but it's all part of the, the rivalry.
5: What lessons did you learn from the trip to New York where uh, you're able to come back one game and two goals, a tie, in the last minute?
7: Yeah. Um, biggest takeaway is that we definitely got some fight in us. Um, we, Clarkson, we're down three rip, three rip after one, and um, I think you showed a lot of character and commitment to come back and win that in overtime, and then also to score two goals in a, in a minute with six on five. Um, and that's a character is, we, we ended up tying, but um, and it does say a lot about our team that we're not going to give up no matter what the score is.
1: Looks like intensity and practice is already high for this week. How much preparation is that going to help you?
8: Yeah, you know, I think coming into this week, we all know. It's a big week, coaches and players, everyone in the organization, you know, so I think uh, that just uh, naturally that the intensity is going to be a little higher. Everyone's going to be a little more driven and, uh, you know, just try to do whatever we can to get ready for this weekend.
1: Is that battle level in practice different than you've seen here than in the past?
8: Yeah, you know, I think everyone's competing hard, you know, and I mean, at the same time, every week we want to be competing hard, too. But I think uh, you can feel a little more, a little more intensity this week with all the guys.
0: Jake, I know you didn't get a chance to play against North Dakota, but what do you expect out of the intensity level in this series?
8: Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm, I'm expecting a, uh, you know, it's going to be physical. It's going to be a hard-fought game. You know, you're going to have to fight for every inch of the ice out there. I think, and uh, no, it should be, it should be fun. You know, you grow up hearing about the rivalry and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, getting to be a part of it should be a good time.
0: Your dad must have passed on a
3: story or two,
8: huh? Oh yeah, yeah. He <laughs> used to love playing North Dakota. What are your own memories of the uh, the rivalry growing up? Um, I mean, just, you know, every game. Every game, you know, you'd be watching it as a kid and uh, cheering on the Gophers, that would be anyway. But, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I just remember it being super intense, you know. I mean, all the players would be getting into it with each other and uh, all the games would be really competitive. So it was always fun as a uh, as a fan, you know, watching growing up and uh, cheering for the Gophers, but now getting to play it should be, should be pretty unbelievable. It's been a few years since the two teams have played.
5: What do you know about this edition of the t- of the North Dakota?
8: Um, yeah, I mean obviously we haven't had a series with them since I've been here, but uh, you know, obviously they're gonna be a good team. They won it last year and uh, they got some great players coming back, so I mean it's gonna be gonna be a hard fought match out there. Did you watch them win it last year? Like did you watch the uh, uh A little bit of it, yeah. I mean it was sort of hard. I tried to get off social media off my phone once we weren't there, but I mean at the same time, I watched a little bit of it.
7: This, uh, this game has typically been a pretty physically hard-fought game. How do you handle the physicality, and how does this team absorb physicality or
8: Um, You know, I think we just got to take it and give it back. You know, we know we're going to get hit out there. You just got to be ready to uh, play the body when you can, too. You know, I mean, you got to make it tough on their forwards and not make them uh, dread, you know, coming down on us as defensemen. So... I mean, you just gotta take it and uh, give it back uh, next time you can. I think. What are you hearing? Keys? A lot
4: of buzz about the series from friends, family, students.
8: Yeah, no, I think a lot of people are excited. I mean, all my family is really excited. You know, to come down and watch. Um, I think they were. I got a big family, so they're sort of fighting for the tickets mm-hmm. that we have. I think, but uh, no, it should be should be a lot of fun. You know, I think a lot of people, a lot of my friends from back home, that kind of stuff, texting me. You know, good luck this weekend, that kind of stuff. So. It's definitely definitely a rivalry that a lot of people are aware of, and uh, we'll be watching.
1: What are your keys on puck retrieval against a team like North Dakota?
8: I think it's just communicating with each other and working it out. You know, I mean, got to got to rely on your partner going back for a puck, and he's sort of got to be your eyes and ears out there, and just let you know what to do. I think uh, I think talking is going to be super important. You know, just letting them know who's on you, where to move the puck, that kind of stuff.
4: This is likely to be a pretty big test for your team at this point in the season. How ready do you guys feel to face an opponent of the caliber of North Dakota?
8: You know, I think we feel I think we feel ready, you know, we've been working hard the last few weeks. Obviously St. Cloud was a little bit of a setback, but I think uh we've came together since then. We've been uh working hard. We had a last weekend I think we showed a lot of uh a lot of I don't know what the word is, coming back from a couple goals each game, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh I think uh, we've been coming together, and we should be ready to go. You guys came back twice last weekend uh, from
5: a 3-0 deficit and two goals in the final uh, final minute uh, to tie. What did you learn about uh, your team?
6: Uh, We're pretty good at playing from behind, I guess. Uh, I mean, we played ahead a lot of the weekend before, but uh, no, you don't want to get in the habit of that. But, uh, you know, we're pretty resilient. Even, you know, some of the struggles last year, uh, you know, we were a pretty resilient group, and after, you know, sometimes we took uh, a little bit of a beating we were able to give it right back the next night so uh, it was good to come back but uh, you know you expect a little more and come out with two wins especially uh, the way we played uh, that second night.
1: What do you think the keys are to get you guys
6: going right away um, Um, after the first? uh, Probably a combination of things Uh, maybe uh, you know things Tough bounce in the first, and then you kind of sit back a little bit. You get frustrated, and so getting back after it might be, you know, one thing uh, that, especially us, lead, uh, older and leader guys, that uh, can work on with the team is it, you know, not getting down and uh, staying up and uh, getting back after it when things don't go your way. So that that can be one uh, thing we can work on, and uh, I think it, uh, you know, it's just situa- situationally in the first period that things didn't go right for us, and I don't think we're going to be a slow starting team uh, regularly.
5: What are your own memories of the series growing up? I know you got a chance to make your own in Philadelphia.
3: But.
6: Yeah, uh, obviously th- these are the ones you highlight. These are the ones you dream about. Uh, I'm sure I played a million knee hockey games being I was a gopher and then my buddies were the Sioux um, or, I mean, the fighting hawks, <laughs> or one way of, one way or another. Uh, so, yeah, these are the ones you you dreamt about, and, you know, I didn't get a chance to come to many of these games so I'm just pumped to see the atmosphere uh here on Friday night and uh kind of learn a little bit about what it's about and hopefully make an impact.
4: Have you guys missed not having them on the schedule for a few years? Yeah
6: of course I think everyone has um it's uh it's an unbelievable rivalry uh it's intense and uh mean and uh hard fought every time every time they touch the ice and you know I, th- I said you know, the one time I played uh and it, uh, my freshman year of the rivalry, it was an unbelievable game. You know, I was probably a little, uh, little shy that first game, a little nervous playing them. And uh, hopefully I've gotten over that stage and uh, ready to go to battle. How's the team going to keep their emotions in check from just to, just to make it business as usual? Um, yeah, I think that will be a lot to do with the older guys and leaders is kind of settling down. The first five minutes will be huge. I think both teams are going to be, you know, racing both, you know, when it comes to their body. And uh their feet and their mind are going to be racing and it's going to be which team that plays the smartest and hardest uh, combination of those two so uh, just settling everyone down I mean like I said, or like you guys have mentioned uh, we haven't really been in the series much either so we don't totally know what to expect but uh, we've been in some pretty uh, uh, tough atmospheres and we've uh, had some uh, games where it's been really intense so uh, I expect us to deal with it pretty well
4: this will be your toughest opponent to date. How ready do you guys feel for this matchup, and what do you think you guys can, can learn about yourselves this weekend?
6: Uh, yeah, we've uh, we uh, feel ready. I mean, uh, we've had a good week of practice. Uh, we played pretty well last weekend, uh, and uh, you know, it just comes to down or it comes to how hard we're going to fight on Friday and Saturday night. So, I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, uh, everyone steps up, and uh, you know, uh, I think the fans as well are excited to see what we're going to bring to the ring Friday night. The series has always been known to be physical. How do you guys absorb that physicality? Uh, you just got to give it right back. You know, uh, we're going to take some punches and we just got to give them back. Uh, they're uh, they're a good team, honestly. They're the defending college uh, hockey champs. I guess uh, is the best way to put it. So, um, you know, uh, we got to come in ready to go and uh, fight and uh, stand on our feet and give back punches when we receive them.
1: What are you picking up as points of emphasis in video going into this week?
6: Uh, they play hard. Uh, they're talented. Um, I think there's a lot of parallels in the way we want to play and the way they want to play. They want to play fast. They want to you know, be... They want their fours to do a lot of the work uh, when it comes to forward checking and swarming the puck and making and just being a really resilient team to play against an offensive zone and you know teams like that, it, you, they wear you down eventually, and that's uh, kind of the mentality we take is you know when it gets to Saturday, second and third periods, we should have the advantage because the way we've been beaten on teams is kind of emphasis on what uh, points, or the points of emphasis that our coaches take and uh, our team tries to focus on. I think they do the same thing as well.
1: Do you think your power play is continuing to improve and feel more comfortable together?
6: Yeah, our power plays are good. Uh, I think coaches and uh, us players as well have been happy the way we've played so far. We had a ton of chances. Uh, Saturday night we got two last Friday, and then Saturday I don't know what the scoring chances were, but we had to have seven or eight. So uh, we're moving the puck well and getting pucks in the net, and uh, I think we're going to need to bury a couple this week and have a successful one. So it's kind of one of the leaders
1: on the trench line. How do you get your teammates to play that style going into this weekend where it's going to be that kind of game? I mean, I don't think we need to
9: do anything to get the, the rest of the team to play like that. I mean, it's, it's just going to be in the water. There's going to be blood in the water for both teams, and guys are going to want to you know, hit and bang and, and just uh, knock guys all over the ice. So it's, it's going to be a, a grind type of game. You know, there will probably be a lot of penalties and whatnot you know, after, uh, after whistle scrums, but that's what uh, the
1: series is used to talked to Leon about this last week a little bit about when there's a chance to make a skill play or get the puck deep and then try to make another skill play what goes into that um decision well I mean you you get the puck deep and you play the right way and that leads to
9: skill plays you know coach talks about that a lot of it, a lot of the time you can't you can't go skill play after skill play because you're gonna have to turn it over so mm-hmm. you get it deep you get in the four check and and that'll create an opening you know soft area in the slot where you get the puck then you can make a skill play score a goal
1: what are your keys when you go into a battle
9: for a loose puck? What are you What are you thinking about? Uh, knees bent, low center of gravity. You know, if you can initiate contact first on the guy, kind of catch him off guard, that definitely helps. Um, and if he's behind you, maybe stick your butt out, try to get in his chest, but uh, try to create as much separation between the puck and, and the other guy, trying to get it as much as possible. And then, what's kind of the next step? Once next you got position in the puck, um, you know, if you can spin off that guy or escape, do that or run off the wall if your teammates are calling for the puck maybe cycle it to them move it to the point uh, moving it to the point is, is always a good good way to give it give it and uh get it and go open some space here
1: open some space for yourself you're one of the guys on the team with a family connection to the program and the mm-hmm. history what are you hearing from family and, and alums and, and things like that going into this weekend are there any tickets we can get to the game? <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. Are you yeah. Over fifty requests yet, or, yeah, there's a
9: lot of? Uh, I have, been, have a lot of requests the past few days, and I'm like, I already gave my tickets away two weeks ago. But um, uh, no, there's obviously a lot of history. Um, even my sister playing uh, for the women's team, they you know hated North Dakota, so it doesn't matter what sport you're playing. You know, Minnesota hates North Dakota, North Dakota hates Minnesota, so. <laughs> I know all about the history of my family, so um, nothing really needs to be said about that, but my dad, he told me, told me a couple of stories, but, you know, I know what to, I need to do going on the weekend. Does he give you a perspective going into the games like this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, back then they were playing without cages and stuff like that, so he may view it as a little soft now or something like that, kind of an old-time saying or something like no. that. But, uh, but, yeah, no, he, uh, he definitely has, has told me things about the series in the past. Do you have any favorite memories? Um. I mean, obviously, he only played at the U for one year, so that uh, national championship game was the the biggest thing. Um, Not specifically about him, but I remember the game-winning goal. Like, we have photos all over the arena of of that uh, still shot of that goal. So, and watching videos of it, it's incredible. Even, you know, such skilled play for back in 1979, so it's pretty cool to watch. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, like, going to games? Did you make it to many growing up? Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm only 20 minutes away yeah. in uh, Chanhassen, so made it to as many games as I could. Um, I, don't, I don't remember if I can specifically remember any North Dakota games, but um, it seems like whenever I turned the TV on when I was a kid to watch a Gopher game, it seemed like it was always against North Dakota or something like that, and there's always bad blood, and there's always be something, you know, a handshake line or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you never want to take your eyes off the screen because you might miss something. Right?
1: How do you keep this like any other game? and not try to do too much or, or get too physical or go over the edge. Yeah, I know there's there's definitely a line that can probably
9: easily be crossed, you know, hit a guy, you know, cheap or something like that, take a penalty. So you definitely have to have a level head going in um, and try to keep a level head throughout. I bet, you know, I'm thinking that the team that can keep their, their mind like that, keep a level mindset going in, uh, it's probably going to do, do better in the start of the game. So... Um, it's obviously hard to approach it like another game with so much tradition and whatnot, but uh, I guess go in and, and just play your game. If you try to play play something else or play too extraordinary, it's gonna it's gonna hurt you. All right.
1: Thanks. Appreciate uh, it. Appreciate it. Good, Good luck. Yeah.